Okay. If you could start with just your um, educational background, um, and then when did you first become interested in politics? Well, my uh, educational background is I have undergrad from the University of Pristina, Faculty of Economics, and I have an MBA from United States, um, from Duquesne University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, the um, MBA degree was enabled uh, because I won a scholarship from the State Department at that time, it's named Ron Brown Scholarship Program, um, by the Secretary of Commerce of the United States, who died while promoting um, investment opportunities in the Balkans. Um, and my time there spent was from 99 till 2001 when I graduated and came back to Kosovo. I became interested in politics um, in 2009, actually. It was another um, fellowship that I earned. It was uh, a Fulbright Fellowship. Um, I was in the States from January uh, 2009 till May 2009 at Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. at Capital Markets. It was a time when uh, President Obama won the elections. Um, it was a time of, um, of, of change, of uh, a new style of leadership for the United States and of course as, as a country that always keeps inspiring us um, I thought of uh, different opportunities. Then when I came back um, I was working as the executive director of the American Chamber of Commerce in Kosovo um, from which position I have taken leave of absence because of my uh, Fulbright scholarship and um, during the summertime uh, right after that um, looking at the um, difficulties that my municipality was facing, I decided to um, take a chance and run for a mayor position with a Liberal Democratic Party um, that was not a uh, majority at the central level nor at the local level, but that I thought of it offers enough uh, space and opportunity to promote a development program as a part to just being focused on political issues from central level because campaigning in Kosovo at that time was that either you're running at local level or central level, it was more about politics than about development. Um, seeing that the country needs more development agenda and less political agenda and people need jobs and uh, it's very important to actually create sustainable system, I decided to um, run. The first election um, that time were um, followed with huge fraud and quite a lot of um, pressure and to a certain extent violence. Uh, I was uh, nearly winner even though I still think that I won at that time. but. Um, incumbent mayor coming from a party that was formed right after the war um, kept the position um, but then I ran again for a central election in 2010 and was the most voted woman in Kosovo um, uh, uh, earned my position as an MP but then my party entered coalition government and I was uh, uh, appointed a deputy prime minister for economy and minister of trade and industry so this is in the uh, end of 2010 beginning 2011 I assumed office uh, as a minister in February 2011 and served in the position until uh, October 2013 uh, when I resigned after two years and seven months to run again for my municipality because I felt like there's an unfinished job. Local elections were announced so I put both positions to be able to run and uh, here I am, I won, mm -hmm. uh, becoming the first female mayor ever to be elected mm -hmm. to Kosovo and um, hopefully there will be many more um, mm -hmm. in the next upcoming election in 2017. Mm -hmm.
Okay, and then you said, so you wanted to run because of difficulties in Jacova and most parties weren't focused on development. Can you talk about how your party was focused on development and what issues specifically you wanted to try to address? Yes. The municipality of Jakova was a municipality that was um, uh, highly developed in the mm -hmm. former system, in former mm -hmm. Yugoslavia. Uh, had a lot of industries and factories, had about 24,000 people working in factories and industries, whereas um, and nowadays it has close to 9,000 people working in public and private sector together. Uh, the situation was that right during the war it was the most attacked municipality with severe atrocities and uh, great losses, and uh, the idea is to actually uh, return the focus, as I said, to development. I, our party did not have an opportunity till then, or did not have a space, it was quite a new party, to actually have be an executive role or have a governing um, uh, sort of power or space, uh, but mostly it was based, the, the whole idea for development of the party was based on having uh, jobs, having uh, the, the reduced administration or more efficient administration, and just the system. Uh, reform and um, this is what I sort of what I uh, firmly believe up to this day that more jobs and justice are needed for Kosovo. Um, this is the reason, as I said, that I run. That I believe that every um, young professional should take upon himself or herself the responsibility of uh, taking part in the decision-making processes in Kosovo. And then when you were a PM, um, how many deputy other? PM. Oh, deputy PM. How <laughs> many other women um, were, or how many other women were in the government? Yeah, or how many women ministers? Were Two there? more. We are three okay. to total out of um, eighteen. Eighteen. Okay, now there are 19, okay? Uh, yeah. yeah, so there were 18 or 17, something like this. There were three. It was myself as a deputy PM and minister of trade industries. There was another deputy PM, a woman who's in charge of a dialogue, even up to this day, she's part of the government, and minister of integration, who's now a, an ambassador to the United States. Do you feel like you had added pressure to that position because you were a woman? No, in particular. Um, I've been in public life for now quite an extensive time. I also served in 2003-2004 as a um, spokesperson to the Prime Minister of the first government after the war in Kosovo, without political affiliation, as a, just a young professional. Uh, and I've been used to being exposed to quite male-dominated society and um, to the decision-making processes that are not easy. Um, however, in my position as Deputy PM or Minister of Trade and Industry, I did not feel or sense that I had obstacles or hindrances to execute my job because mm -hmm. of my gender. Mm -hmm. um, or I did not pay attention if that mm -hmm. was the case. Mm -hmm. So I was very much focused on what I have to do and less on uh, what my gender is. Mm -hmm. I actually even in, in a very um, uh, sort of not uh, in unusual situation, I uh, was pregnant when I was appointed as a deputy PM and minister and I delivered during my time in office. Uh, so I was appointed in the month of February, I delivered my son, second son um, in the end of August and I still kept uh, working. I was in the midst of uh, quite a lot of uh, decision-making processes. Um, what I um, uh, communicated the news to the Prime Minister about my pregnancy, I remember that he did, I mean, he was okay um, with the fact, but um, it was just uh, in terms of coordinating the uh, 
the absence from office, but uh, I was able to actually um, come quite soon after my delivery to the office. Uh, it was my own, my personal decision, um, as it was my personal de decision to keep you know, breastfeeding my son. Um, kept it till he was 13 months old, including the traveling that I was doing with him. So I think, I, of course, it's a, a heavier burden than for a man or a male to become a father, but still it was my own decision. And, however, I did not see any, how to say, um, discrimination or negative consequences because of the situation that I was in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And were you offered, do women in Kosovo have the option to take a paid maternity leave? Yes, yes, okay. it's uh, by law. Um, mm -hmm. First three months it's, you get 100% of your salary, mm -hmm. second three months you get 70%, mm -hmm. and uh, third uh, and the last three months, uh, nine months leave that you can take, it's 50% um, of your salary. Mm -hmm. But I did not sign for maternity leave mm -hmm. at all because it was a political appointment mm -hmm. or a political mm -hmm. position. And um, I, I actually was in office three, four days right after four delivery. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I also was very lucky to have a very mm -hmm. quiet baby. So mm -hmm. I would breastfeed mm -hmm. him and leave him home. He would sleep. Mm -hmm. There were cases that I would took him with me in the office. Mm -hmm. um, and the whole office was very mm -hmm. um, supportive. I actually have to mention the fact that I had a deputy minister and I also had a, a chief of the agency for investment promotion with whom I was traveling quite often um, and they were both very supportive um, in logistics on um, helping me with a stroller with a baby stroller with my baby and um, yeah so I guess it was a new generation of decision makers or politicians in Kosovo that made it um, this whole process of mine seem very natural and smooth and when I look back to this day I actually I'm very thankful to everyone who was around me. Mm -hmm. um, so, in your position as the spokesperson for the uh, Prime Minister, is that something that he asked you to do, or how did you get that position? Um, well, it was a combination. Uh, I, uh, my, as I said, my party entered the coalition government. Um, I was, from the profession for my party, uh, a person who would be more in the economic um, field. I was offered another mayor, uh, ministerial position and the public administration, which I refused, and I said, no, I have a uh, earned seat as a member of parliament, and I'll stay member of parliament rather than taking on uh, Ministry of Administration. And then, uh, within Prime Minister, we got engaged into discussion of the new format of the government, mm -hmm. and the head of our party, and um, then it was trade and industry that I chose, that I said, I think that this would be more suitable for the back professional and educational background that I have. And um, yeah, they had no objections to it. And uh, I'm glad we did it because the ministry was very successful. We managed to conduct very serious reforms in my term and during my successor terms. Uh, my deputy became then a minister, in particular in the uh, doing business index of the World Bank by being able to have Kosovo from 128th place or 29th to we left the ministry in Kosovo being listed as 62, mm. number 62 mm -hmm. in the uh, business, including 2012 that we were um, sort of uh, uh, declared, we, we managed to get the top five world reformers on the doing business in this, uh, jointly with Ukraine and Georgia and a few other countries. So I think that we had a, uh, it was a great deal of changes on business environment in Kosovo, on um, 
uh, other reforms on trade, free trade negotiations, mm -hmm. on stabilization association agreement with the EU. Mm -hmm. um, it started at that time reforms of the ministry in terms of the, the structural, uh, structural reform of the ministry, including um, young professionals from different um, European programs. So mm -hmm. It was a very challenging and um, worthwhile experience. Mm -hmm. National Council. Yes, we established also a National Council for Economic Development, which actually functions up to this day, but not. <laughs> it's a redundancy. New members. <laughs> and when you were in government, were you part of the Women's Caucus as well? Uh, no, that's in the Parliament. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, but we were, uh, the three of us, we were quite supportive. Mm. I remember the experience of working uh, with the Minister of Integration mm -hmm. and uh, Deputy Prime Minister for Dialogue. Mm -hmm. I think and three women were very supportive to each other. Mm -hmm. uh, we have not encountered the situation where we were, like they say, women fighting each other mm -hmm. position, same position. It mm -hmm. was the opposite. Mm -hmm. um, everyone was supportive to each other and mm -hmm. I think that mm -hmm. definitely made a, uh, a significant change. And actually, I remember the Prime Minister saying at that time that if I become another term of Prime Minister, mm -hmm. half of my cabinet will be women. Mm -hmm. He did not become a Prime Minister. I that this would have been the case, <laughs> but still, uh, that shows that his um, sort of evaluation of our work was that he was very content with what women were delivering in the cabinet. And then you're, so the party that you were in is the AKR party? Yes, I'm no longer a member of that party. Okay. And does that party still exist? Yes, it does. Okay. Um, and can you talk about the campaign process to be mayor, um, like what that's like in, I've talked to other women MPs and they said that the funding is sometimes a problem for women, like men get more funding than women, um, did you find that to be the case? Yeah, it all depends on the party structure and how decision making processes mm -hmm. are set in the party. Uh, we have not had that situation because um, some of the candidates that were for mayor position, be that men or women, um, were supportive. were supported equally. So we had municipalities where we had higher chances to win, and we had municipalities that we had lesser chances to win. And I think the funding was um, uh, proportional distributed, so it was not a, a gender issue, it was more an issue of the political sort of chances to uh, be able to win the municipality. Mm -hmm. And do you, um, when you're campaigning, sort of go around and, I don't like, make speeches? Is it similar? Yes, in, okay. yes. In the typical campaigning rally, except for the fact that you also have a, uh, a quite a different mindset from the rural and urban areas, because here in the municipality when you run, you don't run just the city, you run also, we have also ur urban and rural, which is half half. Mm -hmm. So the most challenging part for mm -hmm. every other women candidate mayor, I think that if you're coming from an urban area, mm -hmm. how you pursue rural areas, because mm -hmm. it's more conservative. Mm -hmm. um, there are even cases where you, there's spaces divided for where women, mm -hmm. women gather and men gather. Mm -hmm. So I would go into the space we have to talk to men as a decision maker. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes it'd be the only woman in the room mm -hmm. talking to men from age of 70 or 80 all the way to 15. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the most sort of classic traditional uh, sort of picture of the campaigning and it happens in odas or chambers as it's called in uh, spaces that are set only for men um, and I would be sitting you'd be sitting on the floor because this is how the tradition is and then talk to the people um, but I it's this 2013 was my second time campaigning after 2009 uh, for local level so 
I already got used to mm-hmm. <laughs> being, you know, thus and making speeches. Mm-hmm. And do you think you were received well by most of the people? Did you ever have any like, yes, negative no. encounters? Yes, no. I wouldn't, I, I don't even have a single moment, mm-hmm. but I would say that someone said a word or mm-hmm. acted differently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more a uh, political differentiation mm-hmm. than gender discrimination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And can you describe some of your responsibilities as mayor, like what you do on a daily basis? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, mayors have, um, it's like running a house, Mm -hmm. from the basic things to um, being in charge of public services, uh, waste management, cleaning, uh, the city, paving roads, lightning, uh, to local economic development, to decision making from prim- for the primary health care, to the infrastructure for um, education, um, and to every uh, um, sort of um, problem or issue that citizens face, they see because as a, as a mayor, you're at the local level, you are the sort of the first guard of the institutions. So oftentimes situations or problems are not in our competency. If it is, for example, for getting health services outside of country, that's Ministry of Health. If it's um, for the court system or uh, justice system or property issues, which are oftentimes a court issue that are completely independent from the local institutions, but they still want to see a mayor. So this is something that constantly um, I face in terms of the citizens' problems. Um, and you you have to just listen and um, instruct as much as you um, can. Um, budgeting. Um, another issue, uh, issues of finding funds, finding donations. I inherited the municipality in a very ba- bad financial uh, situation. Um, it was uh, very um, badly managed with uh, great financial debt and uh, a lot of uh, neglected procedures or procedures that were not in place, so had to create the system from the beginning, including mm-hmm. the integrity plan, improving transparency, mm-hmm. fight against corruption. Um, access to uh, information for public uh, restructuring of the, the whole mm-hmm. um, administration, uh, opening up services of the municipality, mm-hmm. citizens making them participate in decision making. So, there's quite a lot of um, heavy burden mm-hmm. decisions. So, this mm-hmm. is, everything goes into my mm-hmm. job description. Mm-hmm. And then can you talk about any specific what problems that you think women face in politics and employment in general, maybe like in business? Or uh, now that I'm a decision maker as a woman, um, I see an opportunity that uh, the only way how women can have equal access is that women that have power grant the other women equal access. So in terms of when you have two candidates that are similar qualification, you mm-hmm. give a priority to women. Um, it's going to be still a challenge on years to come. Not every woman um, mm-hmm. tends to have a fighting spirit or mm-hmm. thinks that it's worth it. I was very stubborn all, all the way through. Mm-hmm. I mean, from my childhood, I remember mm-hmm. fighting for my rights mm-hmm. and trying to and, and keep doing this even as a, as a woman and a mother now. Um, but the infrastructure in itself and the, the system, it's not the one, the most suitable one that offers old women mm-hmm. that, you know, you can join politics, you can do whatever you want because you're equal. No, I don't think that's a mindset. Has improved, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are not where we were maybe 10 years ago. Uh, you see more women MP having mm-hmm. a voice and being vocal, 
ministers, um, different public positions, but still, uh, majority of powers and decision making is made by men, and that's obvious in all levels. Uh, so I, I just think that it's needed to. This is going to be a constant battle and uh, non-stop struggle that it needs consistency. That I, I tend to apply this. I tend to. Um, actually have more women in, in uh, crucial positions that um, the women that have women that the positions where they are more uh, talking to public to represent the institutions so people see that these are capable women and being capable of doing their job um, and quite a lot of uh, uh, quite a lot of uh, other encouragement in terms of bringing in women, trying to talk mm -hmm. to women to come to work for institutions because um, they don't often see institutions as the one, as the place where you can build your career, but mm -hmm. or they think it's too tough, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. So um, women are more inclined to actually focus on the job that um, they know the position, they know the job, but also that um, they don't want to uh, spoil anyone's balance. So they are very focused on objective, um, as opposed to men are more focused on how they look like and how what other things mm -hmm. or who's going to take credit for the job, mm -hmm. whereas women do the job. Mm -hmm. So that's why I try to encourage mm -hmm. that it's okay, like you know, go mm -hmm. into competition, show yourself, mm -hmm. uh, but also like, don't be ashamed of saying that you're successful. Mm -hmm. You can, you have done this well. Mm -hmm. And how many women do you interact with on a daily basis, like in your job, in your? I don't. Do you have like a cabinet or something like yeah, that? Yeah, quite a lot actually. Mm -hmm. um, I'm mostly surrounded by women, quite a lot in cabinet, mm -hmm. or maybe half half, I can say, right? Mm -hmm. um, like um, chief of cabinet, mm -hmm. um, uh, <laughs> protocol assistants, um, women from the um, uh, project management office, procurement, uh, chief of uh, public information office is woman. Mm -hmm. She's in maternity leave right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Director of Economic Development, Urban Planning, and Education are mm -hmm. women. Mm -hmm. um, and then you said when you um, were younger, you were even very stubborn and passionate. And did you think about politics when you were a child? Is that something that you were like, as a you know, as a female, I can go into politics, or was no. that later? Because I grew up in a system that was a young. A, mon uh, it a monist system when you had only one party. So it was not like politics was something about competition. It's about appointment or... Um, and I never thought about it. Although I always saw myself being engaging in the crowd, um, not shying away from public speeches or from public responsibility. But not necessarily that I thought, because being a part of a socialist system or a system that had only one party it was quite centralized. I mean, even my um, uh, parents, my father was a doctor, my mother was a teacher, now they're both retired. But not even them, they were active with the Socialist Party at that time. So um, it's not that I had a uh, um, sort of a, a sense of, um, yeah, you have to enter politics. However, yes, very patriotic uh, in terms of um, value for education, value for uh, work that you can do for your country. Um, uh, 
general values of uh, or general principles mm -hmm. of uh, values of contributing to your country, but not just looking at what can you take, but what can you give. Mm -hmm. So I think that uh, it was embedded in me that you actually have to work with decency and honor um, and do the best you can to serve. Mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily to structure that for political party, but then, yes, here I am, <laughs> turned into a political party. Okay, I think those are all of the main questions that I had. Yeah, thank you very much. Oh, you're quite welcome.